0: Hey there guys, it's another episode of Country Fried Otaku with your favorite Texas boys, Steven and Trey. How you doing today, Trey?
1: I'm wonderful. A good Sunday morning for me over here. Actually, it's pretty rainy, but I'm doing good apart from that, Stephen. How about yourself?
0: (laughs) Doing fantastic. It's been pretty busy and uh, kind of a quiet week, primarily because all of us are indoors, it appears, for the uncertain future. But that's okay. Plenty of time to play games and plenty of anime to watch, which we will be talking about here shortly, as a matter of fact. Let's go ahead and start off the whole episode with you, Trey. What have you been playing lately?
1: So, uh, this is actually my first week consecutively i've been playing the same game i haven't switched out because i've been playing shitty games i've been playing nothing but good games so i'm still working on god of war i'm still playing astral chain and i'm still playing pokemon crystal on my totodile run i just got my second gym badge yeah and i'm working on towards my third gym badge um uh, but that's it I-, I was actually pretty astonished when i thought about it before we were about to start uh, recording i was like damn i haven't switched out for anything bad this is this is pretty nice i'm playing three good games
0: so we have a good idea of what you're going to be playing for a good long while now
1: (laughs) i hope so if i don't beat anything in the next week or so depending on how all this looks for us but uh yeah this is this is nice quality games how about you steven what are you playing
0: I am still playing a little bit of Pokemon, and I actually have started to go back and uh, play Bloodstained Ritual of the Night on PS4. I'm doing some cleanup, trying to get some trophies, and kind of uh, doing some of the optional bosses. So it's mostly just a little bit of fun for myself and, and nothing too complicated. I love Castlevania, so going back and doing more and exploring some of the upgrade options is a lot of fun for me, but that's because I just kind of I tend to like tedium in my games is uh, is obvious by some of my choices of games. Uh, other than that, I am playing Animal Crossing: New Horizons. I know, I know how you feel about it, buddy. Oh yeah, but it's it's been a lot of fun. I actually picked this up because my significant other is a huge Animal Crossing fan, and you know, played all the entries, did the mobile game, and it was so psyched for this. And so when it was announced an actual release date, it was like okay, awesome, perfect, great birthday gift. And then it was like, you're going to help, right? Yes, I am. So here I am on these islands uh, helping gather fruits and bugs and fishes and just enjoying it. Uh, The thing I really kind of have taken away from it is, you know, if you don't break the game and kind of mess with your your time setting on your switch and stuff to move the day forward so you can get access to more stuff so you can power through. It's actually a pretty chill game. You're not supposed to play it for hours on end. You can probably put like an hour, hour and a half into it, you know, gather some materials, craft some stuff, you know, talk to your animals and fish and, Try to uh, complete a few objectives, but after that, it's a little bit of like, okay, well, let's wait until the evening time when different bugs or fish are out, and we'll play for a little bit longer. It's it's really not supposed to be long-form gaming where you sit in and put 10 hours at a time.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely not. It, it It's a fun game. I had it on the GameCube, and I give a lot of people crap for it just because I'm normally antagonized for not enjoying playing it because it's not my style of game but it's a cool game and it's fun everyone has their own flavor for it and it's it's nice but what back to pokemon sword and shield how many badges do you have
0: i have six now i really i really only get to put a little bit of time into it at any given time due to the nature of how work is going and being stuck at the house for a little bit i got to i got to play some other games and kind of experiment and finish setting up the apartment of course yeah. So, it's, it's very flexible right now. I'm hoping to develop a routine in the next few weeks that actually has me having kind of a good rotation. I can really finish up Pokemon. Um, but right now, it's been a lot of, uh, okay, Animal Crossing is out, let's play that, and cleaning up some gameplay on stuff I had started before I moved, and I just really don't want to get so far removed from it that I have no idea what's going on anymore, like Fire and Bone Three Houses. <laughs>
1: Ooh, yeah. No, understandable.
0: <laughs> Clearly, we're both playing a lot of the same things that we were in the last week, which is good. That's actually pretty unusual for us, frankly. But what are you watching? Have you been watching any good anime lately? Still
1: working on Neon Genesis Evangelion, but I started Beastars the other day. Uh, me and my wife both started watching it, and we were a little confused at first. I, uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't quite expecting it to be a, a full-on drama. Like, oh, yeah. Just dramatic, but it, it's about these animals on stage uh, playing a play, and it's it's interesting. The tension between the carnivores and the herbivores and one thing that we're we're kind of upset about is there was a murder in the first episode and they haven't touched back on that. We're like four or five episodes deep and there hasn't been any justice for this alpaca that was killed and we're hoping they go back for him but
0: well spoiler it's not this season.
1: Oh, not this season. Oh, so
0: I, mean. I I also started watching this. Well, by started watching it, I mean I binged it in pretty much 6 hours. Uh I sat down and watched it from beginning to end and I was just absolutely impressed. The The style of animation seems to be a blend of like CG, 3D uh, yeah. with regular uh, traditional animation and it looks amazing. It's probably one of the better made ones I've watched over the years recently and i really like the opening song and the, the stop motion that it uses it's just really unique and cool but it really seems that this first season was built to kind of understand the different characters and how they play off each other and their motivations and how this world works so it really feels a lot more like world building and some minor character beats um establishing you know especially the main uh, character lagosi's kind of personality and his struggle with his uh, savage side and wanting to fight off his instincts to eat you know the herbivores even though they're not supposed to in the first place so it's this whole thing and i think i was also really impressed with the fact that how adult this is because some people described it to me as you know anime zootopia and zootopia is a disney thing so it doesn't get too dark but this does i mean there's death and blood and all kinds of really dramatic moments and you know there's even like sexual situations nothing explicit or anything but it's definitely addressed as a thing that people deal with and i was blown away how well it was done that's why i sat down and watched all 12 episodes at once because every time it ended i said i need to know what happens next
1: yeah there was there's literally one episode where a one of the tense moments happened and we watched the next episode just for five minutes to see how the main character lagoshi handled it we were like, oh, did he do anything? Did he do it? Ah, oh, God. And then we watched until we had confirmation that he did or did not. <laughs> and then we, we went to sleep because we were like, okay, he's good. He's fine. <laughs> we we got, got to walk go away to from this
0: just, just for a little bit. <laughs>
1: yeah. We, but we went back the next day. We binged like four or five episodes because we're, we're invested. But it's just it, – it's, it's a different animal, may I say. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, what, what are you watching, Steven?
0: Well, I binged stars as I said, and it's sad that the next season won't come out until 2021, I think. I which is it. Yeah, it's kind of bumming me out, but it's okay. I guess I can go read the manga if I really want to get ahead. Yeah. But other than that, I watched... Let's see here. Science Fell in Love, So I Tried to Prove It, which is a series about these researchers. It's a guy and a girl, and they're trying to... Uh, they're trying to figure out if they're in love with each other, which is very obvious to the viewer. But it the hilarity is them trying to prove it, uh, trying different methods, like leaning against the wall with them or having them sit on their lap or, you know, holding their hand. And they measure like heartbeats and they talk about it in such a scientific manner. It's so ridiculous what? that it's supposed to be funny. And then there's, you know, other members of the research group that slowly come in. And I can't help but be reminded of Kaguya-sama Love is War. And while I feel that Kaguya-sama has been executed a lot better and the characters are just so wacky and unique and work well together this is still a pretty comparable series and it's really funny it, it leans into the science side of things and explaining how the scientific method works in some situations like control groups and and different uh, different things of that nature and hypotheses uh yeah. that it slows down the progress but overall i've watched about five episodes of it so far because it's still on and i'm loving it it's it's enjoyable and it's silly and for some reason the main girl has this little like pigtail on the back of her head and whenever she's you know, they, they try to behave really scientific and they seem very serious, but whenever she gets really excited or happy about a, a result, it kind of bounces and everybody's like, that doesn't make any sense. How does her hair do that? So there's these fun throwaway moments that just make it a blast to watch. And I enjoyed that. Past that, I started rewatching a series. It's a shojo series, which is funny because we talked about shojo and I completely forgot about this series and it's called lovely complex. And it's, it's seriously about a guy and a girl, um, And the girl is really, really tall and kind of wacky. And the guy is really, really short. And he's also equally wacky. And the whole thing is they are always at each other's throats. And they make jokes that they're kind of like doing this comedy routine with each other. And they should go out. And they're like, no, never. And then, you know, they team up to try to get the other person with the respective guy or girl they want. And then it fails horribly. And then it starts going into the storyline of how they they come together together and you know start to fall in love and it's actually really good uh it's really well done and establishes you know the anxieties of romance and and how people will see them things like that but it's also really funny because their jokes are hilarious and just the timing of it all it's something that i recommend to everybody because it's on crunchyroll i believe is the where i was watching it and it's only subtitled but it is a blast to watch it's funny it's fast paced and it's actually 24 26 episodes so there's plenty to see there
1: that's not bad. That sounds nice and kind of wholesome. That's, that sounds good.
0: But, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been watching, which is quite a bit, because I've been indoors a lot lately, so I've had time to kind of just settle in and watch a bunch of anime. Um, I've also been reading some manga, so I've continued to read new volumes of Uzaki-chan Wants to Hang Out, uh, Please Don't Bully Me, Nagatoro-san, Gao Gohan, uh, Komi Can't Communicate, and I think I also picked up the first volume of Samurai 8. So. Uh. Yes. Yeah, so I'm reading a whole bunch. I'm watching a whole bunch. It's, I mean, I you know maybe on another episode I'll talk about some of these series I've just listed off and their actual synopses, but for now that's just the gist. Is there's a lot going on. But if you do recognize any of those names, let me know what you think of it. And if you don't, you should look them up and and check out the synopses and see if it's something you like. With that, I think we can jump solidly into the news, which I don't have a lot. How about you, Trey?
1: No, I'm I'm pretty dry on news at the moment myself. I've I've only got that GameStop, despite claiming to be an essential for uh, for, <laughs> <laughs> for the crisis that we're in, uh, they finally closed uh, for the pandemic. So that was uh, that was pretty comedic news.
0: That that whole thing, that whole thing is silly and ridiculous. Yeah. When they said that, and I saw the news article about it, the worst part was they had sent a letter to all of the stores. That apparently the ground level employees and managers were supposed to just print out and hand to law enforcement when they showed up in the store to close them? Like, how how did how did they think that was going to go? Like, the managers were going to be like, here, Mr. Officer, please don't arrest me or close my store forcefully. Look, the CEO says, call corporate. Call, call corporate should not be the answer to a law enforcement officer, at least in my opinion. It tends to not go your way.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you can't really fight the law with uh, with that kind of letter. That's not how that goes.
0: Yeah, so clearly that that didn't last very long, and they've actually closed up shop in a lot of places, so that's good. At least they're participating now. It's just
1: a shame that it took
0: so much force.
1: <laughs> no kidding.
0: Uh, so last week we talked
1: about the Demon Slayer game that would be being made, and this week on Kotaku, I read a review for My Hero 1's Justice 2. I don't remember the subtitle, if there was a subtitle. Uh, pretty much what it came out to be was a bland, repetitive brawler, and... That's what I'm scared of for the rest of these anime games, and i kind of I kind of realized that anime games are becoming what movie games used to be. if you mm-hmm. remember stuff like what was it, like the Lord of the Rings games or like Aragon or other movie games that came out for like the p s two or the Gamecube stuff like that like this is what's happening now and they're just getting ripped out and just pushed as fast as they can. Like this, apparently the arcs for this My Hero 1's Justice 2 just finished. And Mm -hmm. they're just throwing out the games as fast as they can. And I I keep drawing these comparisons to Ultimate Ninja Storm because they're one of my favorite games. And I understand that they're just very repetitive brawlers. And I go back to them to relive some of the Naruto moments. And that's really what they are is just, I don't have to watch the series, I don't have to reread anything, I can go and play them, and they're just as fun to do, but if you're, it's kind of not timely to do it that fast, you know, maybe wait till there's a, a time skip or something, then release a game so that you can bring new people into the fold or something, but this doesn't seem right. Yeah,
0: these guys are trying to capitalize on the sudden popularity of series. I mean, the guy who makes uh, My Hero Academia, his early work really didn't take off very much. And this is just kind of a surprise. So, you know, as big as it's become, same thing with Demon Slayer. It just came out of nowhere. It had been serialized for quite a while. And it wasn't until really the anime jumped off that it just blew up. I mean, before the anime showed up on the scene, it's volumes were just kind of doing normal it, you know it was a good series but it wasn't this powerhouse and then the anime took off and then all of a sudden every single placement on the top 20 list is every volume of that series so it's it's really kind of to me like a cash grab and i get it from a business perspective but it can really burn out your market that's the thing you got you got the manga you got the anime now you have a game to relive the story it's like how many times you're going to go over this story um, but to Easter own, I mean, you liked going through and reliving moments of the Naruto series with uh, Ultimate Ninja Storm. Maybe that's the same case for the people playing these games. Uh, it's just it's something I couldn't do.
1: I guess that, that's really all I have to say on it without beating a dead horse. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, my next bit, I was on Game Informer, and I saw that they had a superhero game poll, which was the best superhero game. And they actually said by, I think like a 10-12% margin, that Spider-Man 2018 for the PS4 was better than Arkham City. And I think I was hurt. I think I was hurt by it because <laughs> Spider-Man is a good game, but I don't think that it was better than Arkham City. And that, that's just my opinion. And that's So my-
0: this, is, this has nothing to do with actual quality, in my opinion. And I, I might be fought on this, and that's fine. But I think you're starting to see things that I've gone through as someone that's older than you, and now you're getting older. And that younger crowd that started with something... Like, Spider-Man 2018, that's what the main thing they remember is. There's a larger group of them voting on this stuff. And I feel like, you know, Arkham City is fairly old at this point, and that was, like, oh, no. your generation's game. So, like, this stuff happens like that. You know, it was like, Final Fantasy VI was the coolest shit ever, and then all of a sudden Final Fantasy 7 was the coolest shit ever. And another generation comes along, and like, I remember Final Fantasy X significantly, because that's what i started with and so they think very highly of it because it's their first exposure and i think that's what's going on here is uh you know spider-man was the most recent one we have a large generation of gamers that that's their first exposure to a superhero video game they don't go back you know eight ten years to play the previous one to see if it was better or or anything like that they just play what's current and then they vote what they know and i think that's what you're seeing here is just you know, time keeps on trudging on, and those older games that we love and adore, they just aren't in the forefront anymore.
1: The fucking audacity. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got. You're so salty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
0: hurt. I just under- heard... I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's something that you just have to learn to accept, my friend. You know, Soon, soon, you know, in the near future, maybe five, six years from now, you'll talk about a GameStop, and all the kids will be like, what's a GameStop? stop?
1: Yeah, we'll talk about a
0: Babbage's. <laughs> you the word Babbage's. Oh, Lord. Okay, so I have a couple things, and mine are a good mix of gaming and, and anime. Uh, they're mostly little quick headlines, like, for instance, the Resident Evil 3 remake demo came out. And so people can get the first taste of that uh, when it releases here in the near future. The Final Fantasy VII Remake demo came out. As we know, it's been out for a little bit now. Then Trials of Mana came out with a demo on Switch. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's on the PSN network too. It probably is because I think they're going to release it for that platform as well. But I just downloaded that last night. And I got to say, it's a pretty solid remake. I enjoy it. It's It looks good. It plays well. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the finished product because I love the second Incestu series, which is the original name for the, the secret of mana series. And the third one finally got a release with the collection of mana. And now they're doing a remake, like a full overhaul of the third game. I just, I'm hoping it has multiplayer abilities like some of the other secret of mana games. So uh, fingers crossed on that. Uh, other gaming news is that guilty gear strive released a video showing off milia rage and yeah. Zatoichi and it looks pretty intense. I cannot wait for this game to come out. I think they have another video coming out today, so maybe they'll show off a few more characters. They still
1: don't have a date for it, which surprised I was looking up last night after you sent the video for Milia, and they still don't have a date. It's just expected this year. So if by the time Evo... Well, shit, if Evo even happens. Mm-hmm. But if... Uh, I don't know. I hope a date happens soon.
0: Uh, Yes, I do too. And hopefully sooner than later because I I do need a new fighting game. The uh, other information I have is this is more anime driven. Uh, Some fun things like uh, Cells at Work Season 2 will premiere in January of 2021. It's quite a ways away, but I am excited about that because I love the first one. And then uh, the final arc of Bleach is getting an anime. The Thousand Year Blood War arc. And apparently this covers 20 volumes of manga, so it'll be a pretty long one.
1: Every arc of Bleach is 20 volumes. The (laughs) entire Rukia, the Rukia retrieval arc was 20 volumes. I I read Bleach. Like, I read the first half of Bleach. And... And... It's stupid how long everything takes to happen in Bleach, and I don't understand why this is happening, but if it's, if it's closure for people, I'm happy for them, but I'm not, I'm not invested anymore. I quit Bleach in high school, and I don't plan on going back.
0: <laughs> and my last little bit of uh, news is actually kind of sad, because we both got excited about this, because it's finally here, both in book and digital format, and that is Samurai 8 ends with the fifth volume. What? Yes, it has officially been canceled. So, no, it's it only five five volumes long. Yeah, it's no. a bummer. No. <laughs> Your cries of sadness fall on deaf ears. Oh my <laughs> I'm so I'm sorry.
1: Watching. This is horrible.
0: How far did you get into it?
1: I, I finished volume one.
0: <laughs> oh man, I'm so sorry. No. That's okay. Horrible. That it got canceled. Yeah, it did, unfortunately. But, uh... Well, we'll finish up news with the obvious one, which excites a lot of people. Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal have come out. So be sure to enjoy those while you're stuck indoors for the foreseeable future, and try not to worry about the future of the world.
1: I don't give a shit anymore. I'm quitting.
0: We're, hey, we're in, speaking of, this actually works out pretty well. Our second part of Final Fantasy starts today, and we are currently in a real-world version of Final Fantasy
1: apparently
0: <laughs> <laughs> i it's it's kind of scary people people are uh you know hunkering down for the you know the apocalypse i guess I don't, I don't know we'll see
1: i'm pretty sure this is one of the parts of chrono trigger don't you go into one of the future parts and it, it could look like this like
0: everybody lives in a dome no one goes outside yeah yeah i, I in the, but you know we haven't quite gotten to the uh Racing hovered cars, yeah. I'm waiting for that part. I don't
1: I, th- I think we missed our chance for that. We didn't <laughs> keep, like, we didn't peek, so we're just gonna stay here with uh with uh PS four pros and <laughs> that's gonna be it.
0: Well, in all fairness, if you've ever seen somebody ride around on a hoverboard, putting the same idea behind a car sounds like a
1: horrible idea. Yeah, I wouldn't trust it. I don't uh I don't think that sounds good.
0: All right, so now we are getting to the meat of our episode, which I'm always really excited about because we're back on Final Fantasy, and we're going to finish up the mainline stuff uh, with 14 and 15, and then we're going to jump into the offshoots. I'm going to go ahead and start off because I've played a lot of Final Fantasy 14, so I'm pretty educated on the subject matter. So Final Fantasy 14 is a online MMORPG, so you play online with a bunch of friends and. There's all kinds of stuff to do. It's really kind of a unique experience, especially since the history is weird. They released the Final Fantasy XIV online game to just a lot of criticism, and it really flopped. And so they basically gave, instead of giving up on it outright, which I'm surprised they didn't, honestly, they gave it over to this uh, producer named Yoshi P, and he reworked the thing from the ground up and released Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn. Which actually, you know, it brought in story beats from the initial failed launch, so the story still made sense, and that was really cool. So, if anybody did the original content from the first version, the storyline translated over. And you play the hero of light in this game. You are the hero of the world, and you encounter dark cults that have that are you know manipulating things behind the background. There's multiple kingdoms and their respective uh, guilds and. Uh, as I call them, free companies in this game, that you interact with different important characters. And so, like, there's the city of Uldah, which has, you know, a king, uh, a queen. So it's got a monarchy mixed with merchants, and it's this whole back-and-forth power struggle. And then there's the uh, town Limsa Lomensa that is you know established by pirates and now it's this you know bustling port town and then there's Gridania which is where it's all the um, the forest creatures and they live with nature and so this big end of the world stuff is happening and you're the main character through it all and you spend hours upon hours uh, running around the world fighting monsters you can gather materials and craft your own armor and weapons and uh, you can take on hunts and find specific monsters that need to be taken out and you get rewards for them. You can partner up with your friends and run through dungeons and take on famous Final Fantasy monsters and and just be a part of that world. It it plays a lot like a World of Warcraft style MMO, which some people say is kind of tired. But I think that with the addition of the very detailed and very thorough story, it makes it such a great experience to enjoy. Um, I recommend it to pretty much anybody who likes Final Fantasy, because they throw things from every entry in there, and it's just so well executed, and there's so much to do that there's something for everyone to enjoy.
1: So I remember seeing a lot of promotion for this whenever Shadowbringers came out, mm-hmm. and it looks really cool. I just, I've I've always been nervous about getting back into an MMO, or I, I say getting back into, I played RuneScape, but playing an actual proper MMO <laughs> <laughs> And uh, just the amount of time and commitment because I, I never spend, I, I never return, and that's it. Once I'm done, I'm done. But mm-hmm. it looks like such a cool world to be in.
0: It's uh, it's really you know something I have to be honest with myself about. And unless you have the time to play, don't jump in. You can give it a go with the, They have like a free period that you can play. I think it's like ten days or something, and you can just play the the beginning part of the game just to see if it's something you like. But they have there are three expansions deep now. There's all kinds of different. You know, things to explore. There's so much story. There's just hundreds of hours. And I've put a hundred, no, I've put hundreds with an S of hours into that game. And so has my significant other. And we still aren't to the third expansion yet. There's just so much to see and enjoy in that game. And it really does require a certain degree of commitment. And if you don't have that, I'd, I'd say you can give it a try, see if it's something you want to put a commitment into. But if not, just it might be a good idea to stick to the single player entries
1: hundreds and you still aren't caught up that's oh insane. yeah that's unfathomable to me <sighs> <And it's unashavable. laughs>
0: um so the next one in the mainline series that we're going to be talking about is final fantasy 15 and trey i want your impressions on final fantasy 15 i'll take final fantasy
1: 15 <laughs> this one is my personal favorite of the final fantasy games i've played um this one is brotherhood the game Uh, You play as Prince Noctis, as him and his little gaggle of friends, uh, go on a road trip pretty much across the country, and you have to pretty much combat these Magitek guys who have taken over your country, and you've got to just take it back. You have to visit these different pillars and tombs to take back your lineage of weapons and fight these big, insane monsters to just take back your throne. All while, you know, finding yourself and who you are and trying to get back to your your betrothed or betrothed. Is that how you say that? Mm-hmm. So OK, but it's I really loved it as a game. I've looked up so many different dissertations about why it's a bad game, but I can't. I don't know why. I guess it spoke to me differently, but I really loved it. And at the end, I actually cried like a bitch. It was so good to me. <laughs> But anything with that brotherhood type element normally gets to me in a different way. And it's, it was so amazing to me. And there's just different story elements that it brings in to just tie these guys deeper and deeper to you and how they support him. Not just because he's a prince, but he's their friend. And they're all, they're all in this together no matter what. And they've released so much extra stuff afterwards. I played this when it not, – not when it first came out, but before they started adding on all the extra stuff. And I haven't gone back and done all the extra episodes, but it seems like they've added so much, like an episode for each of the friends and even one of the enemies. And they have a combat mode, not combat, a comrade mode where you can play with friends online and it, they've taken some extra care of it, but they've quit now. They've uh, they've stopped adding on to it so that they could work on other projects. But have you played 15? Or, I mean, you've played everyone. I don't know why I'm playing. So what are your yeah, thoughts no, on this, Steven?
0: I've, I've played 15, and, you know, honestly, I really enjoyed the game. The gameplay is just top-notch. I, I love the cooking and the traveling around with friends. And I, the battle system is actually pretty fun to play once you get the hang of it. And there are some challenging things to do in the game. My only problem with the game was just a little bit of jarring during the storyline, because I feel like, because it had been produced for so long, and it started out as another game, and then I think it changed directors, and they started making it something else. It, there were times where it felt like it was two games smashed together, but not completely melded together well, or finished. Because, you know, it starts one way, and you're collecting something to, you know, continue your, you know, you're getting your weapons from your lineage uh, to take on these guys because you need it. It's it proves that you are a worthy king and then somewhere along the way It takes a right turn and then there's these giant monsters and these you know Things that you're trying to now fight and I can't tell like you stopped looking for the, the weapons for part of the game And I just got really kind of thrown off now Does that mean it's a bad game? No, and they added so much content and I love the interaction between the characters Uh, I just had a little bit of, you know, kind of, I guess, dissonance in the storyline and, like, its flow. But I still love the characters and like the story enough to keep on going and just seeing what's happening. One of my favorite characters is actually a minor character, I guess, in the end. It's the Dragoon woman, and her battle was so freaking cool. Oh, yeah. I, uh, you know, I actually did a move where I stopped her in midair and like threw her on the ground. And it was just so very cinematic, even though I was part of it. And it was like constant version of action. I think that's what I really liked about the game was it was very action packed, moved smoothly. There was a lot to explore and you could do some really unique stuff. But it felt like a movie the whole time and not uh, spirits within movie, like an actual good one. (laughs) Did you ever get to uh, watch the the CG movie that was kind of like a prequel to it?
1: I did Kingsglave. I Mm -hmm. watched it afterwards, so it really had no value for me. And I didn't realize I was supposed to watch it beforehand. I was like, okay, but this, uh, all right. (laughs) And then I still want to go watch the anime they made after, uh, they made. Oh, that's
0: right. I didn't even get the chance to watch that myself.
1: Yeah. So I want to, I want to go and watch that, but I've actually been getting a hankering to play it again. Uh, Same here, but I never like, it's rare for me to even want to do that. So I just want to go play it and kind of play the extra content too. And see how much that actually adds to the gameplay and the story and if it makes me feel any different. And see if I just, you know, stream my tears again. But
0: just just, <laughs> just uh, get the Royal Edition upgrade. It's, it's commonly on sale at different points in the year. Yeah,
1: I see that. Mm-hmm. So I will really uh, try to keep an eye out for that.
0: Maybe we should try the, the companions mode. We can play it together.
1: You want to be a comrade, I'd say. Yes,
0: I want to be a comrade. But okay. that, I don't know if that's the accent I wanted to go with. Anyways... So that pretty much takes care of the mainline series and I definitely have a lot more opinions on fifteen and like experiences with fifteen, but I I actually wouldn't mind doing it in a solo episode on that bad boy, especially if I go through and play it again. So we'll come back to that. Let's put a let's put a pin in it. Um, but uh now we get to the fun part, the offshoots, and Trey, I want you to start me off with the offshoots. I want you to to shock and amaze me with your rendition of what Final Fantasy Twelve Revenant Wings was like.
1: Final Fantasy XII Revenant Wings was a shit show. No, I'm just kidding. It was actually really good. I, I really liked it. I normally don't do tactical games, but for the DS, I I enjoyed it. It felt really good. It You summon all these espers. You meet all these characters. And mind you, I had no idea what these guys were doing in the sky as pirates. But they met these angels, and they had to help them win back the land, defeat the darkness. I... It just it was great. I met everyone. I did like all the side quests as much as I could. I spent a lot of time in that world. and it just felt really fun meeting Van and Ash for the first time and doing all that. and that's the whole reason I want to play twelve is just to actually properly meet them for the first time. And it it was a fun tactical game. You use your DS to move everything around. I don't think it's been remade for any other system. So you may be able to get it again for the DS or play it on your Wii U. Back Actually, to <laughs> but,
0: my my significant other uh, has access to a lot of retro games, and she just picked up a copy of *Revenant Wings* for the DS. So, might have to swipe that from her shelf and then give it a go.
1: Ooh, I may have to, I may have to swipe that, or or try to keep an eye out for it myself.
0: So, it's a tactics game, like you take turns moving around like a grid and fighting.
1: Everything you do is tactics based and you, you move on different areas. Well, you, you find on this uh, fight on the same areas, same maps, but there's different story beats that come in, different, I don't remember what the creatures are called, but they're different angels. I, I don't think they were created in the original game, but now that I, after you talked about the first game the last time, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like this is one of those games where it wasn't supposed to be a Final Fantasy twelve game, if you know what I mean. Like, this is just a game they put, these characters in but i don't know i kind of want to play 12 and i want to play it again and see, see i've heard it's kind going. of a sequel it's a proper sequel you've heard
0: I've, I've heard that yeah it basically picks up where the game leaves off but i also haven't played the game in so long i can't remember the ending <laughs>
1: yeah okay well i could be wrong but after what you told me last time about everything i i, I sat there and thought about it and i was like maybe Maybe they just threw everything on this, and it wasn't supposed to be that, like uh, that Star Fox Adventures game. It wasn't supposed to be a Star Fox game, but they just threw that shit in there.
0: Oh, that's so. right. Yeah. So maybe I'll just have to go ahead and play completely through Final Fantasy XII, and then play Revenant Wings, and I'll let you know.
1: Well, maybe, maybe we'll do that too. Maybe we'll put a pin in that one. But I'm interested in hearing about this game you've uh, you've blueballed me about for a while. Tell me about. Final Fantasy Explorers.
0: Okay, so Final Fantasy Explorers is a 3DS game that actually operates off the same concept as Monster Hunter. So you actually play a character, you start out with the class Freelancer, and you take on missions to fight summons and big monsters from the final fantasy series like ifrit bahamut uh fenrir and things like that and so you you go on these missions and you fight some smaller enemies that you get to a boss battle and you fight these you know iconic beasts from the game and you get materials and you make new equipment unlock new jobs but while you're doing these missions and stuff you can actually master the commands for one job and then you can add it on to another job if you want to And it starts out with the really basic stuff. You get, like, Freelancer, you get Black Mage and White Mage and, you know, Warrior, different things like that. And you're like, okay, it seems okay, it's kind of boring. And then it starts expanding as you get further and further and get newer and newer materials because you open up, you know, things like the, the Gunslinger and you get the Monk. And so you get different styles of play and then you can mix them together. And I thought that was really cool and but the better part is you can literally team up with other, three other friends and take this on and it plays really well and it works really well and it just is a blast to play I played it with my significant other for I think like six hours one day and we didn't even realize it was happening it was just that fun to go through and the system is not as obtuse as Monster Hunter can be it's not as punishing as Monster Hunter can be and so it's a lot more approachable to everybody and it's something that I honestly think while you're probably not a huge Monster Hunter fan, it's something you could get into because of the world and the style of gameplay.
1: I feel like that makes sense. Like a Final Fantasy Monster Hunter style game, because there's so much content there already. Like they have so many monsters they can already work with. And that's, that, that makes sense to me. I'm like, Oh, well yeah, that'd be cool. Um, and if it's as easily approachable, that does sound like it'd be right in my lane, because that's something that intimidates me already about Monster Hunter is that there's so much All ready to do with so much prep work that goes into everything, so much to just—it's just such a big package, like that—that I don't even want to look at it. I can't—I can't deal with it. But if there was something a little bit more manageable, smaller, and maybe that would be something that could catch my eye.
0: Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that you know, just being able to get together with some friends and jump into the game and play—and that's one of the things I liked about it—is the turnaround for battles is pretty quick. And it's it's a lot easier to accomplish. You can take on harder challenges, and you can do this stuff if you want to. But if you're just looking to have some fun with some friends, and in the Final Fantasy world, taking on you know Bahamut and Ifrit, and and making iconic uh, Final Fantasy weapons and and items, this is where it's at. And it's I've put a lot of time into it that I never thought I would.
1: I don't think I've actually heard of it before, and I can't picture the the uh, case in my head. So I'll have to actually look it up and see what it uh, see what it looks like. But that's cool. Yeah, I've never heard of this. And it, it sounds sensible. Like, they made a good decision with that. Although, I hope they get to do something more with it at some point. I feel like a console edition... Well, I don't know if it'd be a good idea with how big of a juggernaut Monster Hunter is. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see how that goes. Uh, for one, I'll take... I'll actually take on the Final Fantasy 7 spinoffs. Uh, my first... So, I've never played Final Fantasy 7. I think I've made that pretty well established. But... I did play Final Fantasy VII Dirge of Cerberus without knowing it was a Final Fantasy VII game. (laughs) And it was so badass playing as whatever the hell that guy's name was. was, His name was Vincent. Yeah, Vincent. He was so angsty, and he was so sick with his guns and turning into a demon and just running around shooting things. It was so cool. I loved it. And I played it through multiple times as a kid, just, just running around um the other two games there was a before crisis game and then there was a crisis core uh the crisis core game i'm familiar with a little bit because the main guy shows up in one of the fi- not final fantasy uh he shows up in a kingdom hearts game so there was a little exposure there but <laughs> i don't really know what his story is i think he i think he's part of avalanche or something don't no, know. He he's a soldier a soldier for Avalanche.
0: No soldier for Shinra.
1: Shinra So he's a soldier, and that's that's about it. But yeah, there were three spinoffs for there. But dirge cerberus is sick. I hope they get me Um, let's see. But that's that's it for that one. Can you can you tell me about Chocobo Mystery Dungeon because I really like that.
0: Sh- okay, so Chocobo Mystery Dungeon has been around a bit. They had a they had a Chocobo Mystery Dungeon on the original PlayStation. And it, it works like a lot of the other mystery dungeon games. You know, randomly generated dungeons. And they, you know, you go around trying to avoid traps, fighting monsters in, in kind of a turn-based way while you move. Like, it, it kind of feels like an action game, but it's actually still behind-the-scenes, you know, turn-based. Mm-hmm. And you you get items and leave the dungeon and upgrade and, and sell and that sort of thing and try to get further. Uh, the most recent one is actually, uh, I think, Chocobo chocobo's mystery dungeon everybody which is where you get to recruit other monsters to go with you and you can change your job so you can have a chocobo who's like a black mage and really good with uh uh, magic and stuff and it's usually like a cute little fun story and it's really approachable and i I like that sort of thing it's kind of a one-off final fantasy related thing that lets you get to know some of the mascot characters like Chocobos, Cactar, Moogles. You get to know the Bombs and the Behemoth, and and just have like fun little adventures with them. And it's usually really well done. I enjoyed the original on the PlayStation, and I think they didn't really release another one over here until everybody. There might be one in between. That I just don't know about.
1: Everybody was really cute. I'm like a couple hours in whenever that came out and I I was really enjoying it. I don't know what stopped me. I think I started probably some bigger game, but it was it was really cute and I really liked it. I want to go back to that at some point, but I didn't realize I had such a a passion for the Mystery Dungeon games, but they're just really fun for me. I don't know what it is, but they're they're just cute.
0: Yeah, ev- everybody is on my list and the Mystery Dungeon games to me are kind of like a fun, you know, one-off, you can play them for a little while Dungeon Crawler without having to get invested in a very complex system or a story.
1: They're easy to learn, easy to do for a little bit, and you can drop it, go do something else, and come back to it. It's not something you have to relearn or redo. It's, it's pretty simple.
0: All right, so I am going to also bring up another series. It's called World of Final Fantasy. Do you know much about World of Final Fantasy?
1: I think I, think I understand it to be Pokemon but Final Fantasy, right?
0: Pretty much, yeah. You you play these two characters that are in the world of Final Fantasy, and you fight the monsters, and you have to try to tame them so you can have them on your team to fight other monsters. But there's this kind of unique stacking mechanic to kind of combine their powers, so there's different size monsters that can combine with other ones, and you can summon famous Final Fantasy characters, and it has this really unique art style. Um it was a lot of fun to play, actually. It's surprisingly under the radar, and they even had, like, an expanded edition called Maxima, which you could download the as a DLC if you had the original one. But it's just a really kind of fun, you know, kids in another world trying to save it, and they use the monsters of Final Fantasy against each other. And, and there's more to it, but, I mean, it's such a simplified storyline, I really don't want to spoil anything because it's pretty easy to do. But it's a lot of fun to capture the monsters, and the battle system's pretty unique and fun, and so is the art. Look, I recommend it to a lot of people, but it's probably still going to fly under their radar, because it's not something that people go, oh, yeah, Final Fantasy. That I World of Final Fantasy sounds like a thing I, I want to play. It's definitely for a specific crowd.
1: Um, I, I know I've seen a couple friends play it, but I just it just wasn't for me, from what it looked like. Uh, for... <laughs> For my game, my next game, I'm going to talk about Final Fantasy Type-Zero.
0: Oh, uh, boy. Yeah.
1: Type-Zero actually falls under the Fabula Nov- Nov- Novula series or something. Whatever Final Fantasy Thirteen is, a Fabula Nova, Crystallis. That's what it is. Okay. It's, uh, it falls under that for some reason, but it's such shit. It is. I hate that game so much. <laughs> you you followed this kid, I think his name was zero and you go to this academy and you were with, I think 12 other students and you're under this teacher and they send you on these missions to go do all this other stuff and you destroy this big mech company or something. And it's, it was so weird and nothing was clear at all. Like the students interactions were really uncomfortable. The, you never really got to know anybody uh, you were you were in the constant dark about what was going on, and then there was a story point where you kind of thought you were done and everything blacked out, and you came back and the apocalypse was happening and I was like, "What the fuck is happening here?" And I just turned it off i didn 't even want to play anymore. I just deleted it from my Xbox and I put on something else but i I just quit it it was such a such a weird game, but it it has thirteen twelve or thirteen players you can play as, and you make your little team of three. And they all have different play styles. Like, one has a big sword. One has fists. The other one fights with a deck of cards. One has a scythe. There's a there's a different way to make your team. But if you like really bad action games, I guess you could go do it. It's your prerogative. But whatever.
0: I uh, had a hard time getting into it in the first place. And, it you know, I got that same impression you did. It felt like I was seeing a story and characters for something that I should know. But I don't.
1: Yeah. It was all it, unfamiliar, but they just kept rolling with it.
0: Yeah, it, it just felt like I was basically just being forced to just run through a china shop as a bull, and you never get to see what's going on. It, it's really dry for me. Maybe I'll go give it another try. Maybe uh, maybe I was playing it drunk. I don't know. But uh, I just I remember being pretty turned off pretty early on and being like, well, I have a bunch of other games to play, so moving on. Um, yeah. So, I'm going to bring up another Final Fantasy offshoot that you probably don't even know about. This is actually a personal favorite of mine. And most people don't know about it because it was released as a WiiWare title. And it is uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles My Life as a King. And it, oh. is, a, it, is, a, it is a simulation game. So, it's in the world of uh, Final Fantasy Chronicles. And you play the son of a, a king who is now the new king. And you're supposed to be rebuilding your kingdom after this whole miasma thing destroyed everything. And instead of going out and exploring and going to dungeons, what you do is you you basically try to attract residents to your kingdom by building amenities. And then you attract adventurers by putting up, you know, quests on a board. And they show up and they have different equipment and different levels and different classes. And they go off and... Complete that and bring back treasure, or uh, and you need pay them with the taxes from the town, and you can inc- improve their morale or give them access to new spells or weapons based on the armor shop or you know the weapon shop or the magic shop that you build in your town. So you're constantly managing your finances and who in the town gets what and what gets up upgraded, and it is deeply engaging. I Started it up as kind of like oh this it was on sale or something and I was like this seems kind of fun it's Final Fantasy and I like I like Life Sims and let's we'll see what this is all about and then ten hours later I was all in and it, it breaks my heart that this game is a WiiWare title and that is no longer available.
1: So it, it does fall under the Crystal Chronicles though and mm-hmm. I, I've seen that there's a My Life as a King and My Time as a Dark Lord, which also fall under. Or which also falls under the Crystal Chronicles. But that's so weird that, or I guess it falls under that because of the miasma, which is a the, pretty much the main antagonist of the Crystal Chronicles game, the original one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because your, your entire thing is you're trying to bring your crystal and clear out everything for the miasma to go away so that your land can be fruitful again, I think is the, pretty much the premise for Crystal Chronicles. Yeah. The original game. Yeah. Uh, but I did not know that is what this is. Uh, that's really interesting.
0: So the funnier thing is, you know, you mentioned my life as a dark Lord, which is another, you know, game in that, in that genre. So I thought it was like going to be a different style of the same thing. But when I downloaded that game, it's a tower defense game. You basically have this, yeah, you have this, this dungeon or tower. I I think it's a tower and, you know, heroes come to challenge it and you have to assign your different uh, classic final fantasy creatures into it. And they have different effects against different classes and so, and you only get so many slots and, and value for your your guys, and you set it up, and it's, but it's got a story based on it, and the characters are actually really endearing. I'd actually say the story for my uh, life as a Dark Lord is really, really good compared to my life as a king, but I actually like the gameplay of my life as a king better, but that's because I'm a life sim, uh, you know, guy. I got, uh, got a horrible addiction to that style of gameplay.
1: How interesting. There's not, like, a straight formula for these Crystal Chronicle games. No, but- it is...
0: Wild Card City.
1: The last one, so there, for Crystal Chronicles, there's five games. There's Crystal Chronicles itself, The Ring of Fate, My Life as a King, Echoes of Time, My Time as a Dark Lord, and then there's Crystal Bears. But Crystal Bears is like a, a first, not a first person, it's like a third person like adventure game. Like you go out on your own adventure. So it's like it's like none of those games. And that's so weird. Why? I guess it doesn't know what it wants to be, but... Anyway, they're remastering the original Crystal Chronicles, Mm -hmm. and that's going to be fun. I'm excited for that one. That's going to be a fun party game.
0: All right, Trey, so you were talking about Crystal Chronicles being remastered. So if nobody knows, this is actually originally a game on the GameCube, and it was a single-player game but also a multiplayer game. It was really unique because it utilized the GBA link cable, so you would actually play with your Game Boy Advance SP or original Game Boy Advance and connect it to a GameCube. And you could get online and... Uh, or at least in the same room. Sorry, this is before the online thing really took off for GameCube. If Did it ever have online?
1: I don't think that Crystal Chronicles ever went online. I think... Actually, I don't think the GameCube ever went online, did it? Except for... No, I don't think so. Yeah, it didn't have Fantasy Star or anything. So I don't think it ever went online.
0: But yeah, it, you could locally play with up to four players. And you take on various quests and upgrade and earn abilities. And it, like... It was kind of like a, a group play kind of thing, like Monster Hunter, but it, it wasn't that style of game. It was still an action RPG, almost hack and slash with, uh, you know, people would get, you know, MVP awards for each dungeon they did. And they get ability points and these things can be used to upgrade. But on the GBA screen, you would get information about your town your village that you were from and you could actually you know buy stuff and there may be a raid on there if i recall correctly so i'm really interested to see how this remaster works in terms of being played online and how the how the interface is going to be because this was a very unique creature and we don't have things like that anymore
1: yeah no it, it was almost kind of gauntlet-ish in its in its presentation but now with just a chibi final fantasy style and i don't I don't know. There hasn't been anything like it in ever, I think, and, uh, ever since it was made. No one else has really ever tried to copy that style. So I'm excited to see <laughs> where it goes and how it does. And I I think I'll be ready for it. I would Yeah, it's on my uh, radar. Yeah, absolutely, to see how it does. I want to support it and see. Well, I don't know if I'm, if there's going to be sequels because, you know, there's apparently no consistency in its family, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs>
0: So uh, what we need to do is basically get everybody in the Discord to buy the game and see how it goes from there.
1: That's actually how it goes, apparently. <laughs> Once you plant
0: the seed, it's true. This is this is what <laughs> we do with the Discord and our friends is we we tell them get this game and then it just goes from there. It grows like a, a plant, well watered.
1: Well, wow, well watered, not like a weed, but like a plant.
0: Yeah, we want it to be a beautiful flower, not a weed. <laughs>
1: So, I'll take the next one, and that'll be the mobile games. Uh, There was one I was enamored with for a while called Final Fantasy... Wow. Final Fantasy... Am I still saying that right? Final Fantasy (laughs) Mobius. And that's a mobile game where you actually play as a soul contending to be one of the heroes of light. So, it's like the process of becoming the hero. And it was kind of cool in concept, but it still follows all the same shit that most mobile games do. You have so much energy, blah, 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 uh, pay Mm -hmm. more, blah, 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 all that that shit. And then Bravius XV was a little bit more interesting for those that have played all the Final Fantasy games. You go through a bunch of the different story beats of all the Final Fantasy games including other events like getting ariana grande or carrie d perry also i was painted. gonna ask yeah that's i was gonna ask
0: wasn't that the one with ariana grande dressed up like a rabbit or something like oh, that Yeah,
1: that's it. that it's it's canon. <laughs> that, that was in uh that was in the third uh 13 if you didn't see it but they they bring all that together you put them all on teams and you fight and destroy all the monsters and it, it's like a record thing i i think is basically what it presents itself as And Mm -hmm. it's really cool just to have all those people together in situations you wouldn't see them in before. So they're both cool concepts. But, you know, if you can get behind the mobile game and stay in it, then good for you.
0: Uh, I tried those games out, and I just lost interest really quickly, primarily because I have a hard time with gacha games in general. They just... Unless unless the actual gameplay of the game is engaging enough to get me, I really can't stay with it. I also don't have the money to... You know, really be top tier, so I usually get burned out at some point and go, okay, moving on. And things I move on to, for instance, are something like Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm, a rhythm game that uses the soundtracks of Final Fantasy to give you a challenge. And I honestly didn't think this was going to work, but then somebody gifted me a copy of the game. And it is really well done. It plays... Fantastically, the music—they choose a lot of good tracks for the music, and it kind of has you doing like questing in the top screen as your progress. Mm-hmm. And the controls work kind of like *O and Don* uh, and a few other rhythm games. And I, you know, you tap or you you go along a line and it goes up and down with the stylus, and you earn these points and you can upgrade your characters, unlock other characters, unlock other tracks. So there's a progression system in this rhythm game that is deeply engaging and it it's just so much fun that I can't even explain it like I really you really have to play the game for yourself. So if you like rhythm games, you're definitely on board. But even if you don't, I mean just like Final Fantasy or its music, you can learn to play it well enough to really enjoy it and there's a lot of content in it. I still am not done with it.
1: I've always seen it whenever I go look at DS games. I always see a theater rhythm game and I always get interested, but I I've never really understood what it was. So that's, that's a bit more enlightening for me because they always show like opera rhythm or whatever and it looks like they're all on stage, but I wasn't sure if it was actually like tap to win and you tap to the beat of the songs or whatever. But I also don't know Final Fantasy songs like that. So like I think of elite beat agents normally when I think of DS rhythm games and those are mm-hmm. always really fun and engaging. But I just can't think of the same thing for Final Fantasy songs. So I, yeah. I, I'm always on the fence when I look at them.
0: I'll let, I'll let you borrow the original theaterism Cause I didn't get uh, the second one, uh, which would you say was like an operetta or something like that? I think so. Um, and it's, it's a blast. It's at least worth a couple, you know, like 30 minutes of your time to see if it's something you like. And I think they even had DLC for the second game that had dragon quest music in it. I can't remember exactly. Oh, well shit, I'm sold. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, you're like, well, there's my money gone. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's another uh, spinoff that you know a lot of people don't really talk about, but it's worth all the time. You got any other ones for me, my friend?
1: I'm I'm out, actually. Oh, you're out. I'm oh out. yeah, I, I have no more. I am I have depleted my list of spinoffs, at least that I'm familiar with.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna hit you with a couple more, and I'm gonna finish with the big one, Ooh. and. Uh, yeah, I got two more and this one is this one's decently popular now thanks to its free to play version, but they they're done with the support and it's a more modern version uh Dissidia. Final Fantasy Dissidia. And it is basically an arena brawler with Final Fantasy characters and it started life on the PSP as a matter of fact. And it played out really well as one-on-one battles and, you know, there was a quest mode and Different things to upgrade your characters. It really blended a good amount of RPG um, with a kind of a brawler. And, you know, they had their little uh, bit of success. I mean, it was on the PSP and Sony just really didn't support the PSP. Just like they didn't really support the PS Vita, but whatever. And I have both the original... Dissidia and Duodecim 012. It had the, it had thirteen characters in it, so it had those weird I, kind I remember of that uh, weird ass name. I remember it. Yeah, it was, but it was it was the best one. Honestly, it was. I think I have it on my Vita still, and I played it on occasion. And it was good roster characters. Uh, the final one was Dissidia NT, which was all of a sudden it was like three on three, and there was all these characters. I guess it was based on an arcade version of Dissidia. And I, I heard a lot of my friends play it, played it for a while and they seem to enjoy it, but apparently the, the shine wears off and they ended up making it free to play for, you know, if people just wanted to get into it. So I don't know how much the legacy of it is, but I can honestly recommend the first two games if you can get it on Vita.
1: I remember Dissidia NT coming out, but it came out at a time where everyone was making three-on-three brawlers, like, what was it, Naruto, Shinobi. Naruto Shinobi Versus is a 3-on-3 brawler that came out around the same time I think and then there was also Gundam Versus which is I think like a 2-on-2 brawler but I think it came out a couple of years before but d- just for examples there's there's like a multitude of 3-on-3 brawlers but I, I think Dissidia NT might have got lost in the mix because there were some other ones that either had already got people's attention or it just stuff that had already grabbed eyes but
0: yeah, it was a very technical game, too. There was a lot to take in control-wise and, you know, having that many characters going around the screen. And, you know, matches could end really fast. So it was very jarring for me because the one-on-one matches made sense on the previous games and it, it made it for interesting gameplay. Mm-hmm. Uh This was just chaos in my book. And, you know, if you like that sort of thing, then go for it. But it was not my cup of tea, sadly.
1: I don't know. I I'm always more the 2D like <clears throat> even playing one on one. So I'd rather not add more people into the mix. I always get overwhelmed. So I'm I'm probably not going to be a dissidia type of guy. I'm more like a don't didia. So I'm, I'm good. <laughs> 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 didia.
0: Oh, Lord. Oh, I lied. I still have one more before the big one, and that is Final Fantasy Four Heroes of Light for the Nintendo DS.
1: You started going into this. Elaborate on this one for me, please.
0: Okay, so this game came out towards the end of the life of the DS, and it had Final Fantasy in the name. It was like Four Heroes of Light, and it was supposed to be this throwback to the old style of Final Fantasy. You had four heroes. Um, they had different classes, and there was a job system, but it also had this system in it where you could save up turns and use them in succession. Okay. And if you've played Square Enix's Bravely Default, this may sound familiar, because this is basically the predecessor to Bravely Default. It's got straightforward, overworld exploration. The battles are turn-based, and it has the basically has the the default system. The Uh, from bravely default so you can save up turns and use multiple in a row and there's a lot of different classes to explore and it's it's you know chibi characters going through a basic story and you know classic turn-based battles and you know it was nothing to write home about i I loved that game i did it was it was like oh i was really wanting a classic rpg and it delivered and it basically was this predecessor to an even better game because i really loved bravely default I, i felt that was such a like an homage to earlier RPGs and so I ate it up even if some not so good decisions happened involving the story but uh that's for another complaining time it really it really you know was one of those flew under the radar and so it makes me happy to know that there was a Final Fantasy involved before Bravely Default came around to you know quote unquote uh be inspired by Final Fantasy (laughs) uh so it's one of those ones that I try to tell people about but I don't think there's many people who've played it but it's worth every bit of your time and it's got all those classic final fantasy check boxes marked you know the the creatures the jobs the character designs the spells everything and it's worth anybody's time
1: i know that bravely default's a big deal and i didn't realize that that's quite what this was i thought it was just one of those chibi remakes like what final fantasy 2 3 and 4 went through for the DS mm-hmm. but I didn't yeah. quite realize they built it with a different system that led up to Bravely Default so that's pretty cool I didn't know that
0: okay so now we get to the big boy and you know I've mentioned this a few times and you've mentioned it a couple times and that is Final Fantasy Tactics <laughs> oh, yeah yeah I kind of figured you'd react like that based <laughs> yeah. on what you said earlier <laughs> I,
1: I've started this like three times and I can't do it I don't know what it is I could do Revenant Wings but I can't do Tactics
0: So, is it the difficulty spike that really kind of gets you, or what? I
1: I don't know. Like, so, I don't even know if it was Tactics I played. There was a game where you started off as these kids reading a book, and you get teleported Mm -hmm. to a mystical land, and then you start trying to gather creatures. Is that Tactics?
0: Yeah, that's uh, Tactics Advanced, if I recall correctly.
1: Oh, okay. Is that... Yeah, is that Tactics or no?
0: So this is where it gets a little hinky. It's like the traditional Final Fantasy Tactics that was on PlayStation 1. It's also been re-released as uh, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, War of the Lions. This was a really kind of dark and dramatic take on Final Fantasy in its own unique world. And it had a tactics system in it. It also had the job system. And so you did turn based stuff, moved around a grid and fought bad guys. And there was all kinds of classes to unlock. And it had this really overarching storyline involving uh, multiple kingdoms and and mercenaries and, you know, this weird Zodiac kind of mystical thing going on. And it was... It was just such a great game. It had a great story. The system was a lot of fun. I mean, I would grind in that game for hours just to unlock new classes and a new combination of some powers, because it had that same thing that like Final Fantasy V had, where you could master a class and then use that class's abilities with another class. So and you you know you traveled this map and there were some basic random encounters where you fought monsters on a on a on a little grid, but there's a lot of story. Uh, missions as well and one of the big things that it became famous for besides its awesome system story and the graphics on the ps1 at the time was the fact that it it had a hell of a difficulty spikes pretty early in the game and there's this uh there's this mission where you're fighting in a slum and you're fighting these different types of characters all there's like archers and black mages and so you start seeing an expansion on some of the classes and it was rough it was hard and uh you know, was well-known for being challenging. I I still have to go back and grind a while before I can beat that one specific mission. And it seems like with the release of the PSP version, uh, War of the Lions, they kind of balance that out a little bit more. But this game was all the rage because you could get Cloud Strife in the game. Oh, really? There was, this, there was this whole side mission later in the game where you could find Cloud and you had to do something to, uh, to get his Buster Sword and stuff like that. And you could end up with Cloud Strife with the Buster Sword doing limit breaks, uh in Final Fantasy Tactics
1: I didn't know that that's interesting is he the only character that could show up
0: yeah he is but uh it was just kind of a fun cameo because it came out around the same time as Final Fantasy 7 and you know it it was Square's big push into you know CD-based games and stuff so it was a big deal for them to have Final Fantasy so it was everywhere right Hmm. um but this game had tons of classes there were things like a calculator which doesn't sound like a class, but it basically would make it so if something was like a multiple of a number, or they were on a certain level of elevation, they would all be hit by this one spell, and they were devastating in combination with other classes and other classes' skills. So, and there was things like breaking, uh you know, the armor of your uh, adversary, and so they became much more, you know, vulnerable. There were so many uh, like facets to this. It was a truly engaging game that. Honestly, even back then, I wanted to play multiple times, even though it wasn't required. So this offshoot is pretty much considered one of the most famous ones. It it actually is just that popular. People are still asking for stuff about it, whether it be remasters, sequels, whatever. Of course, they did get sequels on the Game Boy Advance, but it was a different kind of universe, and the system worked different. It had this weird thing where you had a judgment system. Yes. So. It would tell you random things you couldn't use on a level, and sometimes that would be attack, and so you'd be in this battle trying to figure out how to fight your adversaries with what you had, but you couldn't just a regular attack. You had to use whatever else you had, and if you were prepared, you were kind of screwed.
1: Yeah, it was the one I played was weird, but it did have that same judgment where it'd give me rules, and I had to abide by those rules, and if I didn't, I would get a flag or something, and it was weird. And I just couldn't get into it, so I I just called it quits on that one. I thought that was Final Fantasy Tactics, but I'm kind of glad to know that's not the original. I would I would want to give War of the Lions a try if that's the, the better version of the original.
0: Yes, it really is. It's a little bit more approachable because it's balanced, and the translation is actually a little bit improved. You can get it, uh, I think on a vita and it might be available on pc there's i'll have to look into it but there's multiple ways to play this game you should it's that good but be prepared this is a lengthy game you you're gonna put a lot of time into it the grinding in it is real but that's because it's an older final fantasy
1: okay well then yeah by all means I, ex- I expect it i'll put some time if i like it and if not then it'll be one of my uh it'll be one of my throwaways if I can't handle it. So I'm I'm not scared to chunk something.
0: Yeah, that's true. You are very good at that. <laughs> One of my skills.
1: <laughs> but that's all I got for the Final Fantasy games. I, I'm surprised, or I guess I'm not surprised. It took us two episodes to actually wrap this up because there's just so damn many.
0: And the even funnier part is there are ones we left out.
1: There, there are. There are some. <laughs> but I, I feel like they're okay to be left out. They're not common
0: ones. Yeah, these are the biggest ones I really kind of wanted to, you know talk on. And feel free to leave comments on our Facebook page or any other page we have or kind of message us directly and tell us uh that we're horrible for forgetting things, whatever you want to. But we also like feedback and we like uh fun messages and suggestions for topics as well. Um I'd like to see a little bit more engagement from everybody and hopefully you guys can do that for us. It would be a lot of fun.
1: Yes sir. And you can find us on Stitcher, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, you can find us on Spotify. So If you like what you heard today, please follow us on any one of your podcast sources, and we will see you next time. Bye, Steven.
0: Bye, Trey. Peace.